When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Faye Zero, Season 3, Episode 23. I'm your host, Jenny Anderson. I'm not going to do an excessively long intro like BD has done the past couple weeks. Also, I promise if you're listening in podcast form, there's nothing wrong with your audio. I just lost my voice screaming at the Taylor Swift concert. Um, yeah. But we have a very big show today. And joining me to talk about all of the MCU news of the week is Liam Crowley. Hello, hello, everyone. It's been a busy week, and we just got some breaking Secret Invasion TV spot footage. So I'm very excited to talk today. We also have Aaron Perrine. What's going on, everybody? I'm looking at it in the chat. Uh, we will talk about it. I promise we will talk about it. <laughs> and we have Jamie Jarak. Good morning. It's the early time. We're back at it. <laughs> Jamie's a little more miserable because we're not felt like we're not recording in the afternoon. <laughs> um, but yeah, we have we have a lot of news to talk about today. We have a title change for Captain America four. We have some Spider-Man updates. Uh, Chris, Chris Hemsworth talked a lot about Thor Love and Thunder. Um, so we're just going to dive right into it. Aaron, take it away. OK, so we got uh, news with Captain America four. Um from Marvel Studios directly in a change uh, from how we've been operating for the last couple of months. Captain America 4 is now called Captain America Brave New World, changed from Captain America New World Order. I wonder who it the, main, the mothership decided to be like, hey, maybe we shouldn't call the movie that. Uh, good job, whoever that is. Uh, Mackie posted a photo with him talking to Harrison Ford with a very funny caption about taking direction from Harrison Ford. Um, how does everybody feel about the, the name change? I saw Jamie and I both cheered. So Jamie, yeah. go first. <laughs> Thank goodness. I mean, it's like clearly when they picked that name, they didn't know like the negative origins behind it. And that's totally like that happens. Uh, and I'm just glad that they realized it and changed it because the internet was just being a lot about it. And I and understandably. Um, so I'm just like, okay, great. We changed it. Let's move on. Mm, done. Like Aaron said, I'm like, I wonder who at Marvel like actually Googled the phrase and was like, oh, yeah, we probably should not be using the subtitle for this movie. I like I, I almost would wish that they when they did the first slate announcements, I almost wish they would just go with like Deadpool three, Captain America four, Ant-Man three. And just tell us the titles when you actually have the titles, because I between this and the whole Serpent Society nonsense mm -hmm. from when they like Rick rolled us years ago. It's like I would rather you just like figure out the subtitle fully before you tell us and try to get us excited. But, I think yeah. we did figure it out. It's just that. No, I don't know how no one in that room does no one have Google. They lock all the know. writers in a white room like Morpheus and then they have to figure out what they're going to do. Um, I don't know. Liam? Yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of the new title, too. Uh, it's a lot more cheery. And if I'm not mistaken, it's a comic run within Secret Empire. Like yes. there was a comic called Brave New World. So I like that there is some comic precedence to it. And I just I like the cheerier vibe to it. Like even though new is the word new worlds are, are the words being retained from the previous subtitle this one comes with like there's a new captain america and good things are on the horizon like even outside of like 
what was going on with like the real world's like new world order meaning and all that as a professional wrestling fan new world order was the name of a villainous stable uh in wcw in the 90s so i always associate that term with negativity <laughs> so the fact that we are going towards something that feels a little bit more upbeat uh that being brave new world i'm excited and uh seeing harrison ford in an official marvel behind the scenes still image is like the craziest thing still i'm not over it i will say to liam's point about like the brave new world of it all like that comic is kind of like a quasi avengers book like during yes. secret invasion so it's like the, the whole thing that we've kind of said of the writing on the wall of like the possible cameos in this movie and the possible ensemble that would be around sam i think this title better reflects that and i still think it's kind of crazy that sam doesn't get to just fully have a movie by himself but if he is going to share it with all of these other people then like this is definitely a good title for it i also, i also yeah go ahead I was going to say, I have to be an English teacher for a second, too. Unfortunately, Liam, it's also the t the title of a, yes. like a dystopian novel by Aldous yes. Huxley. So <laughs> I, Which, I, I'm aware of all the different meanings, but the yes. one that is most prevalent in like my, I don't even want to say like fandoms. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I know what you're saying. You're going That's more like, Latin than yeah. like Aldous Huxley. And that's, I yeah. commend you for that. As like one of five people who watched the Brave New World TV show on Peacock. Like, I'm glad that that at least got brought up in some way. Cause that was a really good adaptation of the book. Um, I also have in the notes, like, can we talk about the fact that Harrison Ford is wearing ripped jeans in that photo? Because uh, Red Hulk speculation is probably going to start. Jamie, you're at the top. You just made a face. Go ahead. Oh, I'm so ready. I just I just came over this press tour and to watch. <laughs> I just I'm just so excited to start watching Harrison Ford talk about this movie. Uh, I I just haven't been so like excited for something like that, like that aspect of this in a long time. Uh, and I feel like, yeah, it'd be crazy if not. I feel like you're gonna get this man into this franchise. You're gonna do some wacky stuff with him, right? I can't believe they actually, he just, it, like Liam said, those, the image is hysterical. <laughs> like you could never have told me 10 years ago, like, yeah, man, it's gonna be Anthony Mackie sitting next to Harris Ford. He's like, no, you punch him like this. Like I, I'm waiting for it, you know? Yeah, Liam, do you have any thoughts on the Red Hulk of it all? I, I feel like it's gonna happen. Uh, in terms of what's left to do with the character of Thaddeus Ross, that's like the one remaining big thing. Um, we already know he's gonna be the president um, in this movie, that being Thaddeus Ross, the government official. Um, I think we all wanna see the Red Hulk alias come out. And I just wonder if it's gonna happen in this movie or if it will be saved for Thunderbolts. But at the same time, like Giant Man debuted in Civil War before we got Giant Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp. So. Uh, I think there's I think there's a good chance we at least get a pretty good tease of it in this movie. I hope so, especially with leader being there. It's like you kind of have to kind of get your way towards that. Um, Aaron, you also have another quote from the production designer about I Cat do. Uh, Ramsey Avery talked to Collider about the tone of this one, and he said the magic word. So you know, MCU fans <laughs> do the thing. Um, the intent of this is to be very grounded, to make sure it has the sense of really happening in the world. So it's a different sense in a lot of ways than particularly some of the more recent pieces have been. And it's a very deliberate choice and it's a fascinating choice and an exciting choice. And it comes with a whole host of different kinds of questions involved in that. So he said the, he said the G word, everybody, everybody <laughs> get excited. It's funny to say that. And then not, just, we're just not gonna talk about secret invasion. We're just not gonna <laughs> mention the very grounded tone where they also dropped the G word and Winter Soldier, which is like Marvel fan bingo on yeah. Twitter for when people get excited. Um, he's also really excited to work with Julius Ona who I guess most of us don't really know a whole lot about besides 10 Cloverfield Lane, right? That's like or Cloverfield it. Paradox. Oh, yeah. Cloverfield Paradox, there we go. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I'm like, hmm, like, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see. Is everybody excited about a more grounded tone for our boy, Sam? I love the image of this being super grounded, but with like comic accurate leader with like his giant green head. Exactly. Just like the juxtaposition of that makes me extremely happy. So I am um, I, I don't. I, I totally believe that Secret Invasion is still going to be the G word. Uh, it's just that I feel like they haven't seen it yet. Uh, so it's like they're talking about not that. That's what my brain is deciding. And a reminder, if you haven't seen the movie Loose that Julius Ona directed, it is a dark movie um, that I watched before I interviewed Tim Roth a while back uh, for She-Hulk. And um, uh, it, it'll give you a little bit of an idea of what kind of director he is. It's a heavy movie, but I, I recommend it. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this being uh, a more personal tale. Uh, we're going to talk about Chris Hemsworth very soon, but he's right. You know, when it comes to everything being crazy, world encapsulating and aliens and monsters, it's nice to have uh, reminders that this universe feels like an extension of our own. And uh, I hope Brave New Worlds does just that. It, it brings us back to the human side of the MCU. Like we can love the fantastical cosmic stuff at the same time, but I feel like we've been hit with so much cosmic stuff lately uh, in a good way. Guardians three was awesome. And Ant-Man and the Wasp happens, but like, you know, <laughs> I'm excited to go back to an era that's, that's based on earth and, and tell human based stories. Um, Falcon winter soldier. I've said it many, many times uh, is my favorite project post Endgame. Uh, and if this can be an extension of that in terms of the thematic stuff and the emphasis on the human conversations and the one-on-one -on -one intimate moments, uh, I think we're in for something special. Absolutely. Also, hi to uh, Dundee's Plan and Josh Prater, who are both watching for the first time. We love when we have first-time live watchers. That's always awesome. Um, right. But Liam mentioned it. Jamie, take it away. Oh, boy. Chris Hemsworth dunked on <laughs> Love and Thunder a little in a GQ profile. A little. A little. Drama. A little. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I didn't read the quote yet. I'm about to do this uh, blind. Uh, all right, here we go. This is what he said. He said, I think we just had too much fun. It just became too silly. It's always hard being in the center of it and having any real perspective. I love the process. It's always a ride, but you just don't know how people are going to respond. And then apparently his son's friends were criticizing the movie, but they're eight. <laughs> he goes, it's a bunch of eight-year-olds critiquing my uh, film. We thought this one had too much humor. The action was cool, but the vehicle if X weren't as good, I cringe and laugh equally at it. He says, um, uh, and then he wondered why Quantum Media had such big stakes. He goes, "That's the trick. You have to separate all these stories. Uh, the moment it's like your world is in danger, the entire universe. It's like, yeah. So it was the last twenty-four films. It has to become a bit more personal and grounded. Now, this that I really like what he said because it's true. We've talked about this so many times in, on uh, the show. I think Eternals especially hit for us because we, we, we had just seen so much of this world-ending stuff, and then Eternals came. We're like, we know the world's not going to end." We just saw the world pretty much end in Infinity War and them having to fix it. Uh, and I think that's a really good perspective in terms of his eight-year-old, the eight-year-olds being blunt with him is so funny to me. Uh, what do you guys think about all this? I Because like when this movie came out, people were like, you're being too mean on it. This movie's for kids. Just let it be for kids. And it's like when the eight-year-olds are still making fun of it and they still can recognize a bad movie, that is just, I, that makes me very hopeful in the future generation because they're able to recognize when a movie is not the best. I like, I'm glad that he has this perspective. I, I was joking yesterday. This man worked with George Miller once and it completely changed his entire perspective on mm. the MCU. And I love that for him. So I cannot wait for Furiosa. But like everything he's 
said, I completely agree with. I think the world ending stakes, it, it's the thing that James Gunn has said of like, there's no superhero fatigue. There's just like conflict fatigue of like, if the world is in danger every single time, then that's going to get really boring and really tiring. So I'm glad that he said all of this. Yeah, I completely agree. And I also just find it so funny because for, I always see like tweets about stuff where it's like elementary school kids are always the most blunt with you. And the idea of like people being friends with Chris Hemsworth's kids going over to his house for like a play date and just being like, oh, hey, Thor, your new movie sucked, by the way. And that VFX could have been polished in that one scene. But hey, good to see you. Like, is just so hilarious to me. Uh, everything he said, I agree with. And I love uh, when actors are able to take in genuine criticism and feel like talk about it honestly, because I feel like very, far too often uh, when you're expected to be a flag bearer for like these giant cinematic universes, uh, you tend to just kind of shut out the criticism and just only focus on the positive. But the only way these things get better is if we do shine some light on the negative aspects. Um, so I think all of his quotes were fair. I don't think he was overly critical. Uh, Anthony Hopkins had some quotes recently. Yeah. That like, Damn, come on, Anthony. I loved you as Odin. Please don't say that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, everything Hemsworth said, I agree with. Uh, and I hope we see more Thor just because I would really hate if Love and Thunder was his last appearance. I think he deserves uh, a proper swan song. Um, not that Love and Thunder was structured as a swan song, uh, but, you know, something for him to go out on uh, where it feels like the Thor we, we know and love. Aaron, how do you feel about it? I mean, listen, who amongst us haven't been flamed by some eight-year-olds over their shoes <laughs> or whatever? And then you take it personally is really funny to me. Um, I, I don't really get it because I don't believe in the concept of fatigue. I think there's a number of other factors. It's been well documented on the show. Um, I think that Spider-Verse and Guardians prove that if you tell the story you need to tell, it doesn't matter what the genre or what the stakes are or what the setting is or whatever. So, I mean, before Love and Thunder came out, everybody in these comments was out here like, you're crazy having it that low. It's going to be the best of all of these. And then it was, and now look at where we're talking about it. So it doesn't really like matter um, in that way. Also, him, I, I think there was another quote last week where I think Elizabeth Olsen was on Happy, Sad, Confused with Josh mm -hmm. Horowitz. It was over at MTV News. Um, and she was talking about when people talk about starting to get into Marvel, she tells them, like, just do one, right? Mm -hmm. Just give them one. And that way you can maintain control. And I think it's important to point out in these quotes that when they signed on to be these characters, Marvel Studios used to sign you on for like nine projects, eight projects. Can you imagine having to do eight straight of these things and how monotonous it would be anything for doing eight times, eight years, a whole decade of your life? So that stuff colors these things too. He's been Thor for a long time. He's almost been Thor longer than I've been able to drive. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so it's like, it's not a thing of like, it's not just, oh, Love and Thunder was bad. It's like, man, yo, like I, I'm... I can't imagine. Also, can you imagine, Leo, imagine eating all the stuff you have to eat to get that muscle mass up <laughs> to be freaking Thor Odinson at the age that he is? It's probably like, man, I am just tired. He's just taking stock on a lot of stuff. He had a major health scare, yeah. like, you know, with stuff with the Alzheimer's. Like, there's all sorts of other stuff back there. I, just make a good movie. It's fine. Also, just like when you're an actor and you're in that bubble and you're in surrounded by blue screen and you're told like, this is going to look amazing and this is going to be amazing. And then you see the actual finished product. It's like you've put so much time and energy and hope into the thing. And then to have it be a thing that eight year olds are dunking on. I can understand why he has this perspective. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I want to add to what I, I, I really liked what he said is like when you're in it, when you're making it, it's hard to tell. Like, yeah. uh, And mm -hmm. and I, I really 
feel like sometimes we forget how much is put into making a movie in general and how much people pour out their heart and soul and how it's hard to have a proper perspective if something is good when you are so ingrained in it. And that's why people make a quantum mania aside. I get accused a lot of liking things too, of like too harshly, like I'm too nice about stuff. And it's like, it's, I don't know. It's because I I've made things and I, I know what it's like to, to create something and like, and, and you have to look at all the factors in it and all the people that worked on it. And it's really hard for me to like 100% dunk on something except for Quantumania. Um, <laughs> and uh, and and I like I like hearing that from an actor and just being honest. Like, I don't know if it's good. I, I was in it and I was having a lot of fun because I'm sure they did have a lot of fun. So I, I really appreciate everything he said in this interview. There's probably think, still an amazing group chat with him, Tyga, oh Natalie, Tessa, you know, like everybody, Tessa, yeah. all of them, and Rita Ora too, just because, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, like, it's not like you're not friends anymore. It's just like, okay, next time it might be a little bit different. Also, like, I have no idea what that will be. <laughs> like, I, I think it's George Lucas who has a quote of, like, he always stands up and applauds, like, even if a movie that he watched is horrible, and people are like, why are you do that? Because it's like, it's a miracle that a movie even gets made. So, like, mm. I completely agree with Jamie's point. Mm. I, yeah, I'm glad we are dunking on Quantum Media, though. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so we're going to take a quick one-minute break, and when we're back, we have some exclusive updates about Secret Invasion and Ironheart and Madam Web. So stay tuned. <laughs> Welcome back to Phase Zero. Uh, if you are watching live, don't forget to give us a like and subscribe because we greatly, greatly appreciate that. Um, so Liam did a lot of fun interviews lately, uh, some of which are very relevant to the show. So take it away. Yeah, so I got to chat with uh, Dermot Mulroney, who was promoting Shooting Stars, who if you're a fan of LeBron James or just sports movies in general, I cannot recommend this movie enough. I cried. and I was not expecting to whatsoever. I rarely cry in TV or movies, but uh, he knocked it out of the park uh, playing the coach, but he's also playing the president of the United States in Secret Invasion, uh, the second fictional president in the MCU. We had President Ellis previously, uh, played by William Sadler in Iron Man 3. And now he's playing President Ritson here in Secret Invasion. Uh, and he told me that he's just thrilled to be included in it and wound up uh, that he ended up playing a pretty cool character. And he said mainly it's because it put him directly in scenes with Samuel L. Jackson, Don Cheadle, Olivia Coleman, and others. Amazing experience for me in that regard. Uh, and then when I you know, tried to press him for more information, but also lips are sealed, you know, we only got a couple weeks left to go. Uh, he said it should be really cool. And he will say this, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, uh, he ran into him since they shot it. Uh, and Samuel L. Jackson has seen the full Secret Invasion and was very enthusiastic about it. So that gave me a big thrill to know that he liked how it came out. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, I'm very stoked at these comments. Uh, if Samuel L. Jackson gives a stamp of approval, considering he's been in so many Marvel movies, some great, some good, some not so great, uh, I think that this is going to be pretty special. And I want to ask you guys, uh, how do you think uh, the POTUS is going to factor into Secret Invasion? Is he a Skrull? Is he going to die? Harrison Ford's taking his office pretty soon. So how, it's how so is funny. It's like, he's gonna die, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, first yeah. of all, I love that you talked to Dermot Moroni as like a rom-com girl. I love <laughs> him. I'm so excited. He's like, what a good president choice, even though I think yeah. he's gonna die so fast. <laughs> I also want to shout out that William Sadler also played the president on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, <laughs> yes. Never forget. 
uh, the connections used to be there. Um, but uh, no, I, I'm really excited for this. I feel like a scroll makes sense, but also it's just like, is he going to be, is he going to die in the end? Is he going to die in the middle? Like, is he going to get, is, is maybe, maybe we're all wrong and it's just like his four years are going to be up by the time. Hilarious. <laughs> he just loses ending. re-election because like yeah. there's too much going on. I don't know. Like the Captain America starts with him like losing the election. Like, ah, oh, darn. <laughs> but I, that seems unlikely. But I am excited to see what he brings to the MCU table. I really want him to be a scroll. I even just I want him to even like do the scroll CGI. I just want to see what that would look like with Dermot Mulroney. I agree with Jamie. This is such a cool choice for like a president character. I'm shocked he's never like really played a president before. But yeah, I and also the fact that he's doing scenes with Olivia Coleman. I'm like, ooh, this is gonna be very fun to see. Jamie just got very excited. But yeah, Aaron, how do you feel about it? The the opening of Captain America 4 being Wasserman being like, I've seen enough. He's lost <laughs> is very funny to me. And that would be hysterical. Um, I think that you guys are probably onto it. Probably, I think he probably is a scroll at some point. The the trailer, the teaser that came out this morning, kind of points to everything going leg up real, real fast on in our Marvel Cinematic Universe. So how better to do that than like, hey man, the president got assassinated and he's not actually the president, he's an alien. Um, so that'd be cool. Me and JK are still holding out hope that they have him like demorph and it's still, it's still McDermott. But <laughs> it might happen. We, would, we would be so lucky. That would be amazing. <laughs> um, and then Liam, you also talked to Anthony Ramos, right? At the I, Transformers premiere. I did. I want to say one quick thing uh, that just came into my mind. This always happens. Whenever I talk Marvel with anyone, a theory will come up as conversations Ooh, going on. Okay. If he does die in Secret Invasion, does that mean Harrison Ford's Thaddeus Ross is currently his VP? Like, are we looking at a situation? I doubt that Harrison Ford is in this show because it was shot mm-hmm. long before he was cast. But could we get like a newspaper clipping, like some sort of something? I don't know. I think there might Maybe be president. It's one of those things like a Battlestar Galactica thing where so many people that are important. I was about to so. say, mm-hmm. yeah, it's the like a designated yeah. survivor situation because I think he's mm-hmm. like the secretary of something at the secretary point. of state yeah. and civil yeah, war. and so and and so like I guess in the line of succession, he that's not like, far. Yeah, so watch, mm-hmm. it's going to just be like half of the government is scrolls, and then we just get to Harrison Ford. That's going to be crazy. <laughs> I want to before we move on to Ramos, mm-hmm. give you guys a really fun. Uh, fact that you might not know. Ooh. It's one of my favorite facts about Dermot Mulroney. Uh, he plays the cello on the Rogue Run, Rogue One score. That's right. I forgot about uh, that. A really fun fact about him is that he plays the cello and uh, he is credited on that specific score. Just a fun little fact. I completely forgot about that. I love that mm. so much. <laughs> That's um, really cool. But yeah, so uh, Anthony Ramos, you talked to him about Ironheart a little bit. I'm, and we have actually have the clip, but do you want to say anything before we queue it up? Yeah, I mean, he was a deer in headlights. You're going to see it right now because no one wants, <laughs> everyone's afraid. The Marvel rookies are afraid to give anything away. Uh, but yeah, we can take the clip and you can see for yourself. Tim Crowley, comicbook.com. On? One quick question for you. You were rumored for a lot of different Marvel roles before you landed your Ironheart gig. What made the Ironheart role the best one for you? Yeah, I mean, I you know, Ironheart was always, that was a role that they had in mind. Yeah, the other ones were all just rumors, which I was, like, flattered about. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I was waiting on Marvel to call, but finally they did, you know. And uh, The Hood, you know, we have fun. I have fun with that role. That's awesome. Have you seen any cuts of any of the episodes? What does it look like? No, I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen anything. So I'm excited to, to you know, see it eventually. <laughs> I mean, you can tell. I feel like he's seen some still images, something. I, I don't know. This, that's all just speculation. Um, because filming for this, I didn't realize until I was doing research after the fact, wrapped in November? Like, mm-hmm. this thing has been in the can for a minute. It's probably at the last stages of, of polishing CGI and all that. Um, 
But yeah, the the reason why I brought up that question was because he was in rumblings for Werewolf by Night for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a couple other projects where they were just flirting his name around uh, and him landing this role of the hood where he might just be the henchman to Mephisto. I don't even want to dive into that theory too much because <laughs> we've been burned so many times at this point. Yeah. But uh, I'm fascinated to see uh, how this story goes, the whole magic versus tech thing. Uh, what do you guys think? I was going to say, like, it didn't footage exist because Jamie saw it at D23. Like, isn't there footage out there that he would yeah. have seen when he was at D23? So I'm like, he did yeah. see something. Even just like I, yeah, a little I think he bit. he panicked. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I've seen footage. <laughs> he's, he's pretty panicked. <laughs> Um, but just to keep the train rolling. So on the topic of other exclusive interviews, uh, BD talked to Renzo de Bonaventura, uh, who's a producer on the Transformers movies, and a bunch of other movies, and is also involved with Madam Web. Uh, so we do have a clip of that. I don't know if we will necessarily be able to play it, um, but I'm going to pull up the quote at least. So you guys keep talking. Oh, um, I don't know what the quote is. I'm excited. <laughs> Why did I say that was to lie? I'm like, you didn't actually say that's that Adam Webb quote. Uh, wow, I'm so sorry. Oh, we got the clip. Okay, okay we got the clip. Cool. Both uh, Madam Webb and Constantine, two are movies I'm very excited for. So first, if you could speak to Madam Webb, I mean, I just walked out of Spider-Verse. Super fun movie. I mean, there's a lot of Spider-Man been done before. Can you talk about how that movie's gonna be original and fresh in a sense? Well, it's really the story of Madam Web. So in that respect, if you're a Spider-Man fan, you're gonna love the character because you know it from the comic books, which she doesn't really have that big a character in the comic books. We're doing the origin story of Madam Web. And so you meet her uh, before she's actually the person that you know in the comic book. And you come to understand how she becomes that person. Uh, so I think that'll be a really fresh, new terrain for the fans. I, I love him openly admitting like Madam Web does not have a lot of Lorda based off of, uh, but because obviously given like the rumors and the speculation around this movie, it sounds like they're really going to take some liberties in some fun ways. Um, so what do we think about this? I know Aaron and I are the two Madam Web supporters on this show, but what does everyone else think? <laughs> yeah, it's <Ready>? a movie. <laughs> it's a movie that's happening. Uh, and, and this man seems like excited about it. So <laughs> I'm more excited for Transformers Rise of the Beast and I haven't seen the last six Transformers movies, but that's just me. Wow. <laughs> Liam, how do you feel about it? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm ready to be heard again. I- I'm ready. <laughs> uh, all the rumors surrounding this movie sound crazy and insane and like Terminator meets Spider-Man. And I think it could be really cool if, if the rumors come to fruition, uh, whether they're executed well or not, wouldn't necessarily bet on it. Um, but uh, this cast is stacked. Uh, people uh, forget that Adam Scott is in this movie, which is really, really fun. Um, Sydney Sweeney, Dakota Johnson. Um, it's going to be fun, I think, maybe. <laughs> of course, he's happy with it. He made the movie. What, what's he going to say? <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, Madam Web, sure. Aaron. Aaron, how you feeling? Are we more hopeful even more about Adam I mean, Webb? <laughs> like, listen, after what happened to Spider-Verse, I'm like, why don't y'all just go back and reshoot it to link up to this somehow? Please yeah. do, because <laughs> that might be the best way to secure this to be, like, amazing. I, me and Jenna are probably on the more hopeful side because there are some fun things you can do 
as always, it comes down to execution. You can have all sorts of fun plays in the playbook, but if you got people running around with yakety sacks in the background, which happens sometimes, we can we cannot have great results. But setting it in 2003, like you know, Adam Scott being Spider Man, this zaniness with like the web of life and destiny, I'm all for that. Yeah, I, I think it has the potential to be absolutely crazy. Um, so kind of keeping the Spider-Man train rolling, uh, Tom Holland gave a bunch of updates about Spider-Man 4, uh, not really saying anything, but still saying something. And obviously it's Spider-Man 4. We've talked about when like the T-shirt dropped for No Way Home that was just the logo. So of course we're going to talk about these quotes. Um, so he spoke to Variety and he said, I can't talk about that, but I can say that we've been having meetings. We've put the meetings on pause in solidarity with the writers. There have been multiple, con multiple conversations had, but but at this point, it is very, very early stages. And then he also spoke to Entertainment Tonight. And he said, I think as long as we can do justice to Peter Parker, as long as we can keep elevating and making the films better and making them mean more, then I'll be there. I'd be stupid to say that I wouldn't be the luckiest kid alive if I got to do it again. There's stuff going on, but we'll just have to wait and see what happens. So how are we feeling? How do we how do we feel about the possibility that this movie is even just being talked about? I'm glad it's official. I, I mean, I feel like we danced around for so long. Uh, immediately after No Way Home, I remember uh, Holland was giving the quotes of like, oh, well, you see, like, maybe we'll do another one. Uh, I mean, it seemed like a pretty clear ending at the end of No Way Home. I'm like, no, it wasn't. Like, you're, you're just getting started. That was your origin story. Um, so I'm glad that we're, we're talking about it like it's actually happening and like it's actually being materialized. Um, and I'm just happy that it's continuing the relationship with Sony and Marvel um, because ever since... Uh, summer 2019 when that went down I was I, I take all these things with a grain of salt one at a time and I'm like until we get official Marvel Studios and Sony on the logo I don't know if they're working together it sounds like everything is harmonious um, which is all good news I feel like it's gotta happen right it's um, but a part of me is like we've been burned on Spider-Man 4s before uh, you know Raimi mm -hmm. was gonna make a fourth one and mm -hmm. that never happened and, and but I agree Liam that like that is not an ending like it, it's a great <laughs> ending don't get me of course but like there's so much more to be told and uh and you know my little heart still wants uh ned and mj to remember peter eventually they have to remember him at some point it can just stop it forever um but yeah i i'm I, I like right now i think it's gonna be a long time before this movie happens um the fact that they're they're this early and talking about it and now we're in the strike zone uh i do think that it's a while and that does make me nervous just like i said because the history of spider-man 4 is not a, a, a happy history but i am i'm hopeful and i think that also tom holland just turned 27 he's calling himself a kid adorable uh uh bless him he's a kid to me <laughs> I like I, I agree with the thing of like this this movie is probably not coming out for a long while which as I've said on the show countless times that bums me out because I want one more movie before Secret Wars I don't want the black suit moment for Peter Parker after the way that No Way Home ended I don't want that to be the next time that we see him but I have a feeling unless our dreams come true and they magically delay Secret Wars even further I don't necessarily see that happening and that is kind of frustrating but yeah is Secret Aaron, Wars supposed to be 25 or is 20, 26 King Dynasty's May oh we're getting the Spider-Man before 2025. Really? I don't. You like even with the strike and everything, you think so? Fam, if they don't make a Spider-Man movie, the rights revert back to Marvel. They're going to if it's you know Tom as like a little puppet, like dancing around, like you know, and then like Zendaya, and it's like a little musical. They'll do that before they let Marvel just have Spider-Man back. I, I feel like <laughs> we're totally going to. Heck, you know what? I, 
some would say maybe he'll be in the third Spider-Verse and maybe that'll count and then that'll reset the rights and maybe they can take their time. Who knows? But I totally think you're getting one before before Secret Wars. There's no, there's no doubt. Also, I think there's a very big gift that they got given in Spider-Verse mm-hmm. that I think they'd be foolish not to take advantage of uh, in Spider-Man 4 if given the opportunity, you know? Absolutely. Um, so keeping the Spider-Verse train rolling, uh, Jamie has some updates. Oh boy, if this isn't the most Jamie news ever, Spider-Verse crushed so hard this weekend. Talk about overperforming. Uh, it is now the highest rated film on Letterboxd. And I'm not surprised <laughs> because Aaron and I saw it together again on Sunday. So I've rated it five stars twice uh, on that on that website. Um, and I want, so this, this information is two days old. So I'm sure the numbers have, have changed a little. But as of two days ago, it had a 4.7 out of five, which for Letterboxd is amazing because there are a lot of harsh people on there. Um, as of two days ago, the film was watched by nearly 300,000 members receiving over 173,000 likes. It is only the fifth film in Letterboxd history to be ranked as number one on the site. The others are The Godfather, um, Parasite, Come and See, uh, which I actually haven't seen. It's on my watch list and I hear that it's a really intense movie, so I've been putting it off. And then Everything Everywhere All at Once. So that was the the big one last year. So, you know, honestly, it's like, I, I, sometimes I think that things get overhyped and are a bit much to start off with, but I don't think that's the case with this movie. I, I saw this movie and I, and I said, that's a five star movie. And I love, I le- also letterbox can be a little, um, what's the word pretentious. Uh, and so to see like an animated film hit that top five, I, I that gives me hope for, uh, for everything in the world. What do you guys think? I haven't even logged it on Letterboxd yet because I've been so busy. I have like five films I need to log on there. So the fact that it's already number one, it's like, hell yeah, this is amazing. And then like, I forgot to include the box office numbers in the rundown, but it made 120.5 million in the opening weekend domestically and 208.6 million around the world. That was the second highest opening outside of the Mario movie. So, which is also just wonderful in and of itself of people just, you know, dunking on animation. And then we have two animated movies absolutely crushing at the box office. But yeah, I, I'm glad that it's doing so well in the box office and on Letterboxd box it absolutely deserves it yeah i mean i i i'm just thrilled the entire way uh the the my end of year when we do the recap episode has been saved thank you the lord <laughs> chris miller and the directors and everybody else um i i'm surprised with jamie too about the letterbox thing because i was like yeah people like it but like also you know people get off on, on hating on stuff so i'm like ah <laughs> that's not gonna probably go well but no it totally is it's going just fine you've got people just throwing coal on the fire for three too they asked Danny clear like who you want to be in three and he's like snoop dog and then they asked like freaking oscar isaac and he's like pedro pascal and i was like a gorillion dollars all the money that ever existed they're gonna have to shut down the printing <laughs> presses for how much money that movie would make so it's fun also, I need to shout out, there was a fan over the weekend who shared a photo. They, they ran into Oscar Isaac on the street and he was FaceTiming mm. Pedro Pascal like yeah. as it was happening. I'm like, I would ascend out of my body. Like they they won the lottery, basically. That is a double rainbow right there. It is, like- seriously. <laughs> but yeah, Liam, how do you feel about Spider-Verse? In yeah, the box, o- the box office numbers are tremendous because I have long said uh, for many years now, the best marketing campaign is just to make a good movie and word of mouth will carry you to dollars. Uh, not all the time, uh, but this one, especially the hype was real. Um, this was a movie that I was stoked to see purely as a fan, not even like as part of like critics or press and any of that stuff. 
Um, and also the fact too, that the first one didn't do anything crazy at the box office. It made money, but it didn't make like live action Spider-Man money. Um, and we know how Sony gets uh, uh, about their box office returns on Spider-Man because the amazing Spider-Man two made like 700 something million dollars and they were still like cancel the threequel. That wasn't enough. <laughs> So the fact that this one, despite not doing anything amazing the first time around, they still went full throttle, you know, waited five years to perfect this one, get that animation as crisp and pristine as possible. Uh, and the fact that they're getting the financial return on it uh, is really, really awesome. Uh, I'm happy. A lot of people love this movie. It didn't really land as hard for me. Um, I also need to see it a second time. I, I feel like the first time I watched it, I remember like, I feel like I remember like three scenes from it, which is really weird. <laughs> like, I don't know if I was overly tired or if it was during a busy work week, um, but I definitely want us to watch it again. And uh, yeah, there's a lot to love uh, with Across the Spider-Verse. And I'm just happy that, uh, like I said, a good movie is making money because that's going to tell studios to just double down and make quality products and invest in, in stuff that works. Well, so talking about kind of the, the long wait between one and two, uh, we got an update just kind of this morning about three. Uh, Aaron, do you want to tee that up? Um, so we have uh, Haley Steinfeld talking about uh, recording stuff for Beyond the Spider-Verse, which she says she actually hasn't yet. So she said, mm, nope. As you can imagine, this production of Across Spider-Verse has been an ongoing thing since the moment the first one came out. Uh, there's been so much focus on everyone's blood, sweat, and tears, and putting, making this the most incredible and best version of itself that it can be, you know, so they haven't done it. And the creators were kind of like dodging that when I asked them about three uh, on the carpet. Uh, it comes out in less than a year. Uh, is if People are wondering if it's going to get delayed. I would say probably not because they've already developed, like, th there's only so much the technology can expand in less than a year. And we're not dealing with the five-year gap where they're, like, inventing new ways to, like, make Miles's hair look freaking awesome mm -hmm. on the side of a speeding train. So does everybody think it's going to come out in March of 2024? I feel like when you hear this and you get nervous, like, mm -hmm. oh, she hasn't recorded it. But the recording, I feel like, is the that's the easy part. It's the animation that's that's tough. Like if she she has to go into a booth and read a you know what hundred page script out loud. Like not to not to discount what voice actors <laughs> do because that's not what I mean to say at all. It is a it is a talent to be able to uh, to do that. But time wise, it does not take as much as it does to create the animation. I would be surprised if it gets delayed. Um, much if if by most I would say March to May because mm -hmm. March is a weird time for this movie to come out. March is mm -hmm. not like a big month, so yeah. that I, I would say if it does get delayed, it won't be by much. Yeah, I, I if anything, like like you said, like it's still in the same calendar year at very least. Like if you move it from March even to like late summer or something, like they've seen this movie can print money, and like we were saying, if you add certain people to the cast, you're going to be printing so much more money. So I. I, we waited five years. They they did so much for two. Like every tweet I've seen this weekend of just how Hobie was animated just has made me extremely happy. Like the amount of attention to detail there alone is incredible. So I will wait as long as we need to for three, but it is kind of a little like scary when you read this tweet and you don't actually think about it right away. Um, but yeah, we also have one rumor that we will talk about it because the chat was asking and Aaron teased it earlier, but we also have time for some questions. So if you're in the chat, drop some questions, we might be able to answer one or two before we log off for the day. Um, so there are rumors. Again, this is all just straight rumors. There's nothing really uh, solid, but they're saying that El Muerto might not end up happening. So I know we're all extremely heartbroken, but how do we feel about this? <laughs> 
I mean, you want to talk about Madam Web having limited source material. El, El Muerto, I think they might have dove into the catalog and saw that there's only like three issues that exist or something. <laughs> yeah. yep. um, I'm bummed only because Bad Bunny is such a talent and he has already crossed over into one of my fandoms, that being professional wrestling. Um, so I'd love to see him in a Marvel movie. Um, is El Muerto the right choice? I'm sure there's other roles uh, for him if this one doesn't end up happening. Um but I, this this might be a, a smart long-term play by old Sony pitchers. I was more interested in this than Madam Web. Um, <laughs> like, I think Bad Bunny is a cool choice. And um, also, it's like, yeah, okay, there are two comics issues, but there are plenty of movies in existence that don't have source material. Like, get a good writer and make <laughs> stuff up. That's what writing fiction is. Uh, so I hope that these rumors aren't true. But if they are, it's like, okay, one less Sony live-action movie that we have to talk about, <laughs> I guess. But it's not the one I would choose to cut. Aaron, how do you feel? Hey, yo, for people who don't watch wrestling, Bad Buddy's whole run up until Backlash and then his performance at Backlash was so good. I told some of the people who work on the wrestling side here at Comic Book, hearing an entire stadium screaming your song at you as you stride into a wrestling ring must feel better than drugs. I'm like, this must be amazing. You must feel like you're made of titanium. It must be crazy. So... He's such a star, and he's so good at that. And he was really fun in Bullet Train. Like, we gonna not have the most, like, one of the most popular artists on the face of the planet just carry a movie off of sheer charisma? Come on. <laughs> why? But, you know, why does Sony do anything? It's like that episode of South Park with the manatees in the tank. They just <laughs> choose stuff at random, and that's what happens. It's like, mm, you know, next two weeks from now, we're going to be like, guess what, guys? <laughs> like what was it typesetter or was it the villain one of the villains that was in the multiversal jail oh <laughs> was yeah this typeface or whatever yes, yeah. typeface thing <laughs> yeah. with John Luguizamo <laughs> coming up 2026 and I'll be like okay sure sure some yeah. pictures sounds great you know I just El Muerto, like like we were saying, there's very little canon to go off of. You can read it all in one sitting. But like the idea that he literally was like a bad bunny was given like the Marvel Rolodex and it's like pick a character that you like. And he picked this one. I just stupidly just want to see what this would look like, because I feel like having very little canon to go off of, you can have freedom to do something really wild. And just having a superhero wrestler movie would be inherently very cool. So I, I agree with Jamie. I hope that this isn't true. I hope again, these are very, very preliminary rumors that were just kind of buzzing around on the internet so we had to address them but with with any luck that this might not be true and we might still have el muerto sweep um but yeah and so we have some questions in the chat uh octoburn 86 asks if you could insert a disney plus type tv series or special feature into each saga of the infinity saga where would they be and where Ooh. Ooh, I have an answer for this. Okay, go for it. I've, I've, I'm going to get one show like in that time. I would really like between Civil War and Infinity War where all the like Cap and everybody on the run. Like I would like to see what they were doing in that stretch of time. Um, you know, we a little earlier in the WandaVision romance. <laughs> um, you know, we they, there is a big chunk of their romance that's missing. I'd like to see that. But also just like, you know, that they were doing some cool stuff um, in that two years i think so i think that would be my answer i agree with the like the them on the run i've like always wanted to see that story so much more so than the infinity stones like him putting them back i would much rather see them all on the run so i would either say that or a completely new character that we haven't seen or just like you kind of retrofit them in of like they've always been here and this was in between phases two and three and you just had no idea but yeah aaron liam 
I, I have a bit of a boring answer just because it was technically already done in what if, but Nick Fury's week like mm-hmm. culminated into live action <laughs> and you just kind of take the one shots that already exist and expand uh, upon them. Uh, I would love to see a, a timeline version of assembling the Avengers because it. I found out that that timeline took place over the course of a week like a couple years ago. So I'd love to see what it would look like uh, in real time. That's very cool. Aaron, what about you? I mean, it's a cheat because I don't know if they're going to, they're probably going to do this later, but I would absolutely adore after once we get years into the future, you go back and show us how like Kang screwed up everything for everybody in the, during the Infinity Saga and why he made certain choices to have, like, why does Black Widow need to die? Like, why is Tony Stark need to not be here? Why do you have Wakanda reveal themselves to everybody? Like, why did you have Steve Rogers not die and be in ice? Why did he need to be there? All these things. It would be super fascinating, right? That would be very cool. Yeah. I I feel like we will get that story at one point or another. Mm -hmm. Hopefully it's not super long. Like, I could just see that being like an opening part of Kang Dynasty or Secret Wars at this point. Um. So Julia has an interesting question. Uh, as someone who is not into uh, dark and gritty vibes and hasn't been as into the grounded side of the MCU, what would you say to get me or somebody else in my position excited for Secret Invasion? I'm sure Jamie has a good answer, which is just the cast, but I- I'd be curious what everyone's answer is. The cast, but also like, yeah, it's grounded, but there are still like little green men running around, you know, <laughs> like it can't be, we can't be that serious uh, in this situation. Um, I mean, also, y- Honestly, like, there's so, like, get into other movies in this genre that could boost up your interest. Like, like, I'm such a Mission Impossible fan. Like, James Bond. Like, like, although those are silly too. Depends on which (laughs) Bond you're watching. There, there's all over the place. But I, I would say, like, like, it's if it's not your genre, don't just try to like it in Marvel. Try look up what some of the best movies of all time in those genres are, and let that get you excited. That's what I would say. I love that. I just rewatched Mission Impossible 1 like last weekend and just like how grounded it is versus the ex- insane stunts that we're doing now <laughs> was just the wild. Like it is like the Fast and Furious thing of like going from stealing VCRs to like magnet planes. Like I love the progression of that. So that movie's also De Palma. Like it is yeah. so different from the rest because it is like it is not it is such its own thing. And that's why I, I love the franchise because every movie up until when we get to five, six, seven are directed by different people. And that's mm-hmm. really cool. Um, but yeah. So good. Liam, Aaron, do you have anything to add about Secret Invasion? Yeah, I'll say that I love the idea that it'll retroactively change the way we look at previous MCU films. Like, I always point to how much I love Rogue One because uh, director Orson Krennic, a character that was created for that movie, dies in that movie. And then there's an empty seat at the Empire's table in uh, A New Hope. And then your mind goes, oh, my God, that seat belonged to Orson Krennic. That's so cool that that, like, changed the way we watch that movie, which has been around for almost 50 years now. Um, so Secret Invasion, I think, has the potential to do just that. If you're not into the grounded, dark and gritty vibes, that's cool. But like they can change little tweaks and make you reanalyze certain lines from phase one. Um, and I think it's going to kind of re- kind of reinvigorate that passion that we have for the MCU because it's going to make us want to revisit the stuff that got us in love with this universe in the first place. Aaron, what about you? Um, I think that it's very unique in that it's the only time I think this has ever happened. I don't know if people are going to fact check me in the comments. It's fine. Uh, That a Disney plus series literally leads into one of the movies that comes out that year Mm -hmm. in the Marvels. 
because I've wondered forever since before. I'm like, how do you market this thing where it's like, oh, Nick Fury's in danger, and then he's like in the trailer for the Marvels, like doing like good Sam shtick, the stuff Capital that I really, really enjoy. How do we get back up in space and everything is cool? He's still leading sword if everything went to crap on on the planet. I would love to know, right? Yeah. Also, like we have the inevitable possibility of it teasing Armor Wars, which yeah, may or true. may not end up happening someday. But I, I've, I'm always rooting for that movie. I always hope that movie ends up happening. Um, but yeah, so uh, I think that's going to do it for today's phase zero. Um, if I've, I saw questions asking me about Taylor Swift, just go ask me those on Twitter. I will gladly talk about Taylor Swift on Twitter. I've been doing that a lot lately. So uh, follow me on Twitter at Hey, it's Jenna Lynn. Go read some comics. There's a lot of really good comics this week. Uh, Jamie, do you have anything to plug? I've got an insane week coming up through comicbook.com. Uh, all crazy stuff. I'm going to San Francisco to uh, for Pixar's movie Elemental. I've got something really exciting on Monday that I don't want to tease. And then BD and I are going to something pretty cool on Tuesday, Marvel related. Uh, but I'm not going to say, but like there's a lot of cool stuff coming. So keep an eye out and follow me on Letterboxd at Jamie Cinematics, the uh, only app where Across the Spider-Verse is considered the greatest uh, rated thing of all time. <laughs> Liam, what do you have to plug? Yeah, uh, everything is on socials at Liam T. Crowley. Uh, everything's on comicbook.com as well. Uh, a lot of Transformers Rise of the Beasts content coming out uh, already. Some stuff out this week, as you saw with the Anthony Ramos chat, uh, but more to come as well. And uh, some spoilery answers coming on Monday, June, uh, <laughs> June 8th. Okay. Where are we? No, tomorrow's No, June tomorrow's 8th. June 8th next monday the, the 12th <laughs> the 12th, the 12th. The 12th. monday yeah. june 12th uh, a very fun spoilery answer uh from the new transformers movie that made me jump out of my seat when i saw it for the first time so that's your little tease um and then beyond that uh i have a couple things in the works that we can't confirm just yet but just Ooh. stay tuned to socials um because uh plenty to to update on and really quick before i get out of here uh rest in peace to the iron Sheik, uh mm -hmm. one of the biggest wrestling legends of all time uh, 81 years old and he passed away peacefully thankfully that was emphasized in the statement uh, but I just want to give some love uh, to the Iron Sheik because professional wrestling would not have become as mainstream as it did uh, if it wasn't for guys like him in the 1980s so R.I.P. Sheiky baby he was also one of my favorite people on Twitter so oh, he was so good on Twitter um, Aaron what do you have to plug um, I just want to say it's at Simply Corner on Twitter. Um, I want to thank everybody for watching my interviews because everybody here worked really, really hard on those. Uh, if you want to, you can give them another watch. Uh, and I think, I don't think I have that much. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think if we did anything this week, like other than just going and watching <laughs> Liam stuff. BD just constantly in a state of Schrodinger's plane yes. where he's yes. not here. He went, oh, there we go. He, he will say hello. He thank yeah. you guys for watching. And he's like, good job, Jenna, hold down the fort, you know, <laughs> while he's like running somewhere with a coffee in his hand. Yes. So, yeah, we just appreciate you guys. That's it. Yeah. Um, thank you all so much for watching and listening along with us today, even through all the technical difficulties. If you're listening in podcast form, you're probably very confused. But for those of you listening live, I'm really glad that we were able to make that work out. Um, and yeah, we will see you guys next week for probably a lot of news, some sort of discussion. It should just be a lot of fun. So take care.